What's good, guys? Skywalker Mike here with my co-hosts or co-stars. Yeah, yeah. Back at it again with another quick dive. We haven't done one of these in a minute. The last time we did it was the finale of WandaVision. But now we're back with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It was so um, patriotic of you. It's kind of yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of hard not to say that we're not like a Marvel podcast, but like we're you not. know we're, we're, we're not, not a Marvel Scott. Well, yeah, we're, we're not a Marvel podcast. We're yeah. not. We'll cover more other than Marvel in the future. Right now, it's just that's all there is really. Um, that at least is capture, capturing our attention. That needs to be talked about, or not needs to be talked about. But we but we want to talk about it. So Definitely. for now. We deserves be to be talked about. about. They got the quality. I mean, what, what are we going to do? You know. Yeah. Over overall, this show, this show was originally supposed to come out before Wandavision. It was. Bec- yes, it was supposed mm-hmm. to be like the first show. So, um, because of the pandemic, everything got pretty much twisted around. Dates have been moved. Um, you know, there's a lot of travel involved with this show. So I think show, when COVID right. hit. You know, with WandaVision, it was in, it took place basically in one spot. You yeah. know, with COVID, uh, they had to finish up some of these later episodes. Yeah, exactly. But back to Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it is definitely a different direction than when we saw in WandaVision. Obviously, you said it was all shot in one place for WandaVision. But there is definitely more action, way more dialogue, and everybody's in control of their own thoughts <laughs> for, this, for this show. And longer episodes. Woo! Yes, long, I, they're not that much longer, but they still feel even longer than mm-hmm. what the time they're giving us. Like, you're literally watching and you literally tune out that it's a show. And then the credits hit and you're like, oh, wait. This is yeah, it feels good. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's immersed like you are, like with a movie. You know what I mean? Like, this is yeah. still a show, but the fact that we're watching it and it's basically like a, a a chapter of a movie. It's like, yeah, yeah, feels good. Yeah, it feels good. I, I think it's because it kind of hit us off the bat, you know. Like first episode, it already had like okay, right after Endgame, right after Steve gave the shield, and we get to see Sam, and it, it really felt like an extension of Endgame from uh, from the first episode. And um, I thought that that was really really dope. Um, with WandaVision, you know, it was a little bit more gimmicky from the first three episodes. Right. It didn't get to like feeling like it was part of Endgame until the fourth episode. But yeah, four it's okay. But, but we got a we got one another Avenger in there too. Like we got we had the Don Cheadle cameo, just chilling, like just casual. Roads. Yeah, first episode. I mean, it kicks off great. It it's showing uh, Sam, you know, badass. Pretty much. And I feel like that it also sets up it sets up the struggle for both of them really well, mm-hmm. which I think before when we heard that the show was announced, we kind of understood the struggle of what Sam was going to go through, uh, you know, of just taking on the Captain America shield. Will he be able to live up to the prestige of Steve Rogers um, in the MCU? But I, th- I think a lot of us were weren't too sure about where Bucky's place was going to be. Um, in this show. So I'm happy about where they are taking that. And they kind of showed that within the first episode. Yeah, most definitely. I, I didn't expect the first Bucky scene to be a flashback. Mm-hmm. That that threw me off because I was like, wait, when 
what what is what's going on is this actually happening now or, and then you find out he wakes up from a nightmare mm-hmm. and he has nothing in his apartment pretty much nothing going on with his life doesn't know what to do with his life and yeah i mean it, it further sets us up when he's in the, at the therapist telling her his problems mm-hmm. and you know when we look at the avengers or when we look at these superhumans you don't think they have the everyday problems that we do, you know, not, not being able to get loans, mm-hmm. um, pretty much being lonely, being depressed, mm-hmm. um, not I knowing what's next. You know, that's, that's, that's pretty much like, I, not so much of a shock, but you know, you think well, these people are perfect. I think that that's what makes Marvel superheroes so good. You know, they really, they've always, even in the comic books dealt with the quote unquote people behind the mask. You know, like, like who is, who is this person? Who is Sam Wilson? Who is James Buchanan Barnes? You know, that's what it was about. Who is Peter Parker? You know, Peter Parker is probably the best representation because Mm -hmm. he's the most popular, but everything that Spider-Man goes through pales in comparison to actually what Peter goes through. You know, even though you have super abilities, he's still broke still can't get the girl, still has bully problems, still has all of these things. And I think that that makes it a little bit more relatable. Yeah. And I mean, that story has been fleshed out Mm -hmm. so many times in shows and movies. So seeing these characters, you know, it's, it's fresh. It's, it's definitely fresh for all Marvel fans. Uh, If you're not reading comic books and it's a good way to set these characters up. Um, Mm -hmm. One of the things I did want to talk about, uh, more is Bucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, he mentions one thing where he says he's on he's going on an ongoing war, you know, mm. pretty much from World War II to being Hydra's last assassin. Dog. Yeah. Yeah. And then lap dogs way then, better. Yeah, pretty much. Because they <laughs> they put them down, they bring they you know they only use them when they need them. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean it's crazy because now after the whole Hydra thing he comes back in, in Cap 2 and he's seen as a villain. And I mean, yeah, he is kind of a villain, but I mean, he has been, I think he's been the one Avenger or or superhuman that has gone through it the most, you know. Cap, yeah, he was frozen for, for like 100 years, but he didn't go through the things that Bucky did, you know. And we saw that in Captain America 3 when mm-hmm. uh, all the... All the things were revealed about him killing Tony's parents and such. So, so I mean, it's crazy. He was never in control. And, and to not be in control, I mean, it kind of goes back to WandaVision. You know, all those people, they, they can't even think what they want to think. They can't even act how they want to. So, in a sense, mm-hmm. you know, that he was under a spell and eventually he breaks out of it. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, it's, it's really cool to dive into his psyche. And kind of, I think like the path that they set him on is that he's trying to make amends for what he's done. And he's trying to figure out how to properly do that. And that even means making amends with people that other people would maybe deem as a villain. You know, he's really trying to find this serenity and this like peace, whether you are a good person or a bad person, he just wants to make sure that his involvement is absolved of any sort of chaos or any sort of added destruction or anything that's unnecessary. And I think that that kind of came from his time in Wakanda, you know, as they were trying to rehabilitate him uh, as the white wolf, you know, he was 
trying to figure out, okay, this is what this this is what like a uh, calm would feel like. And I hope, and you know, this is about Falcon and Winter Soldier, but I hope on, on the Wakanda show, I don't know what time period they're going to take it on, but it would be really cool if some of it, you know, revolved around Bucky reprising his role in that show so that we can just kind of get a taste of what he was involved in in Wakanda as far as his rehabilitation was concerned. But I think that that kind of set him on a path of balance. Yeah. I wonder if there's going to be like a Wakanda scene, like a little flashback scene. Because so far we saw one. Mm-hmm. I feel like he'll probably have more nightmares and maybe even just more regular dreams. Yeah. Um, which would be really cool to see, you know. I think that's really cool. More. Me yeah. too. Well, him waking up from his nightmare in his small apartment that was Loki trash, I think, brings us to our other point is who's financing these superheroes? Who's paying for them? And we got the answer in this show, and it's nobody. Yeah. Nobody, yeah. <laughs> pretty much nobody. Tony Stark and Cap pretty much just asked all these people to be Avengers out of goodwill. And, uh, yeah, it kind of sucks, you know. It got kind of goes back to you don't think that these superhumans or Avengers have any problems. They probably have houses in the hills, probably get all these, all these girls, all these dudes, and... Like nothing, but it's not true. I mean, we see that when Falcon goes to try to get his loan with his sister. And he's just mocked at for, you know, looking like an athlete. And then he's, oh, you're not an athlete. You're a superhero. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's like that's, I, I'm, I don't know. I mean, in a way, it was, also, it was also nodded at like when his sister's like, it's always when we come around, you know, mm-hmm. pretty much inferring that it, because because of the color of their skin and, and mm-hmm. the guy says no we're on your side which you know kind of doesn't seem true you know we we get uh examples of that later on in episode two as well yeah this this show uh surprisingly has a lot of um racial undertones to it that i didn't think were going to really be addressed um but it's it's a pleasant surprise you know i'm really excited that they're gonna kind of dive down this this uh hole in so to speak and it's interesting um, I feel like that Bucky is going to be the one that actually learns this. And this is something that he's never had to encounter or endure because the times that this was going on, um, he wasn't, uh, wasn't part of civilization. Yeah. So he, was, he wasn't mentally mind, present. Yeah. So in, in his mind, he's like, no, this is ridiculous, but it's because his mind is still kind of rooted back to when him and Steve were first enrolled um in into the army at that point. So uh I think that that's interesting. And it's also something that like I think is super nuanced because he spent time in Wakanda. So this isn't this isn't something that necessarily would just pop up in his brain mm. uh as it pertains to America. And um I think we're gonna get some really, really interesting dialogue. Um, probably an episode dedicated to really fleshing that out between the two of them, and because there's been f- a little hints with within these episodes. Yeah, yeah. Um, another thing that popped up in the show, there seems to be a handful of villains so far. From yeah, what it, from what it seems, you know, there's been um, people, the Flag Smashers, LAF have been mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um. Even Hydra has been mentioned slightly. Yeah. 
you know, for the past. And then we have the power broker that was also mentioned in later on in episode, episode two, two. Mm-hmm. and and Zemo as well. You know, so far, you know, to the naked eye at first, it seems like all these people are villains. But I mean, even I mean, you never even know. Even the U.S. agent can be a villain. This is so yeah. Yeah, I think that the the point of the show is going to be to blur the lines of what a villain or what a hero actually is. This is where we kind of get into anti-hero territory um, within the Marvel Universe, which hasn't really been defined. You know, mm-hmm. in the MCU, it's been hero and villain, and that's it. And Bucky has probably been the only person that has gone from villain hero to hero um, successfully. So... Mm-hmm. I think it's only right to kind of explore that. And we have villains like uh, we have Batroc the Leaper making his return. GSP. Yes, sir. That was great. I thought he was such a good choice to to throw in there. Um, And I love that he that he beat up or that he beat up a Falcon, you know, because it just made sense. Like he was like going toe to toe with Cap, like going his hardest, you know, so like for him to be able to take care of Sam in the way that he did, I felt like was, was a good relational kind of thing to the strength that he possesses. Um, and then we have the flag smashers and in the comics, the flag smasher is just one person. So I thought it was super smart of Marvel to turn the flag smasher into the flag smashers and create this whole ideal around them. Of, like a rebellion or yeah, you know, one world, one people. And, and it, and then further, they made it make even more sense where it's not just like a fanatic group where it's like, oh, we just believe in this. It's like, nah, they came from the blip, you know, when when everybody went away, the world came together. And then when everyone came back, you're starting to see the same old processes kind of put back into into our into their lives. And yeah. I think it has interesting parallels with uh, with COVID. You know, because COVID happened and everybody kind of came together when COVID was happening and the social unrest was happening. But now that COVID is going to be over and people are going back to their day to day, are we going to fall back into the same practices that we did before COVID? Or are we going to take that with us? I mean, you know, right now it's it's just so eerie how how the parallels are close you know it does seem like that that right now it feels like a lot of things in our world are starting to to happen again you know um without getting too deep into it you know there's been a lot of more mass shootings there's been um you know spikes in covid obviously there's been uh hate crimes that have risen so i mean yeah the the parallels to this and to our real life is it's a little eerie especially the timing yeah uh, but yeah, I, agree I, with you on that. I, I bet America would love to introduce their own Captain America right now, and uh, we get that at the end of the first episode. With what do you guys? Uh, what do you guys think about John Walker? Oh man, because I don't like, want to. I don't want to call him U.S. Agent yet, because obviously he hasn't called himself U.S. Agent. Yeah, yet. and a lot he of people don't. Yeah, non-comic book readers still call him Captain America. They're like, this is the new mm-hmm. Cap. Um, I just recently joined like a Marvel like fan page and it's bugging me because there's a lot of new fans, best way to put it, new fans that don't understand and refuse to understand the source material. So seeing someone like you as agent and like us subconsciously knowing who it is, um, we, we 
us playing the role as if we're new viewers and going with how the story is trying to portray it makes sense of like, cool, this is who we're trying to be spoon fed to Captain America is, but us being the great theorists we are, something's going to happen where he becomes an anti-hero, boom, he's US agent. Because obviously in the trailer, we see we see Sam practicing with the shield. We've yet to yeah. see that yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah we well, I, I, think that, I think that it's super reasonable for someone to have this kind of pressure of being Captain America. And I think right. that they illustrated that really well. Like, he has a face... That, you know, and this is just bias that, that comes out. He has a face that makes you feel like, oh, I just want to punch this guy. It's not as refined as Chris Evans. He doesn't look as, like, you know, chiseled or superhero, or super heroic, all the all that kind of thing. And I think that they kind of did that on purpose because he's just an everyday dude that's really trying to do right. But being controlled by the government, not having the, 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 type, of, the type of upbringing that Steve Rogers has had, you know, he comes, right. he comes from this generation and trying to be Captain America. So what does that look like? Someone who's born in our time trying to be Captain America and someone who was born when America was looked at as being a great, you know, and positive and for freedom. Uh, how does that contrast? And I think that he's really going to, I think we're going to end up feeling for him at the end of yeah. the day where yeah. it's just like, damn, bro, like you, you like I, you know, you're put in this impossible situation where you have to live up to this thing, but you may not be prepared. Yeah, I mean, he's looked up to to Steve Rogers, and I mean, what? I mean, he's probably even grew up looking up at Steve Rogers. I mean, as a kid, you you hope, oh, I want to be an Avenger one day. You know, if you if you see on TV that they're saving the world and saving the planet, and then he grows up to be a soldier and he's training to be Cap, but you know. As the fans see him, obviously they hate him, and yeah, I mean, even probably in the in the show, there's probably going to be people, more people like Bucky and Sam that view him and like that's not the real Cap. But ultimately, it's not his fault. And I do see the 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 show turning around and making him making us feel bad for him, um, which can be the case, uh, and maybe turn that turns him into the antihero that sincere mm-hmm. mentioned earlier as well. Um, yeah. Another thing kind of bleeding into the second episode, it kind of seemed like he was supposed to be destined as the Captain America, you know, like obviously they weren't going to do it unless they got the shield, but they, they had to ask Sam for the shield and he, he gave it up because he, that's what he felt was right. He didn't feel like him personally could be the next cap. You know, he just wanted to be himself and he wanted to, help his family the way he could do best, you know, without having that responsibility of being cap. Mm -hmm. But in that second episode, when he's getting interviewed, it seems like they already had him pre chosen as the next cap. Mm. Maybe they were just waiting for the shield because there was training. And I mean, he even trained with the shield. There was video of it. Um, Yeah. I, I don't know how many days or weeks kind of went past from when Sam gave up the shield That's to true. when he, when he actually received it it seems right. like there were probably a few weeks or to a couple months even in between of of him doing that cuz he had to train somehow you know and we still aren't 100% sure that he's not enhanced in some sort of way yeah he says he's not but i 
find that he hard says to that he, he says that he doesn't have super strength like the Hulk. And that's no one has super strength like the Hulk. So when he said right. that, I was kind of like, okay, well, that doesn't necessarily mean you didn't take a super soldier serum or something like it, or you More are administered hero enhancement pills. Exactly. And administered some sort of drug that lasts a certain amount of time and you have to keep keep it up you know i think that that is the underlying thing also because with the flag smashers we see there are they're enhanced you know they are there are people with super soldier serum and falcon doesn't have it bucky has it or at least he has a hydra version of it and is one of the last ones that have been successful in doing that steve rogers had the best version and they haven't been able to really recreate it since so they there's tried. always been, yeah, there's always been an issue with recreating the super soldier serum. Mm-hmm. Um, even the Hulk, like, you know, the Hulk is a, is a byproduct of it, that going wrong, you know, and there's so many heroes and villains that are byproducts of the super soldier serum specifically going wrong or not being as potent. And um, I think that that is going to be really interesting to explore throughout this show. Um, and that brings us to the second person that it was successful with, um, which is a person that we've never heard of before in the MCU canon, um, but is canon in the comic books. And he goes by the name of Isaiah Bradley, and he is the black Captain America that served during... Now, in the comics, it was during World War II also, but they've changed it in the MCU to reflect um, that he was fighting during the Korean War, which um, you know makes it uh, line up a little bit better with the narrative that the U.S. government after Cap went on ice were trying to figure out, okay, how do we do this again? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, because they the, the thing about uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. creating the super soldier is that Hydra was going to do the same. You know, it's it's the same parallel to the atomic bomb when mm-hmm. America made it, Russia or you know the 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 superpowers opposite of America created a weapon just like America did. So mm-hmm. so I mean I mean there's so many parallels obviously to to the real world in the show but them just trying to perfect the serum and not only that keeping it under wraps because Back then, a, a a black superhero isn't something people wanted to view. You know, they they wanted a white superhero. Obviously, they wanted right. a white Captain America. Obviously, this is kind of like a parallel to when the U.S. government was uh, testing on uh, black people or just colored people in general and giving them diseases. You know, and in Marvel, it's them giving people super soldier serum and seeing how it reacts. And if it works well, we're going to give it to the next person who is supposed to have it, not you. Type exactly. Thing. Exactly. And we see that Isaiah Bradley gets introduced um, in a, in a really, really interesting scene. Um, and we see that Bucky has this knowledge, you know, so how much does Bucky actually know? Right. Um, I think that Bucky yeah. knows so much more than what's actually being led on and um we may be frustrated as viewers because i think that there's always going to be something that comes up where bucky's like yeah i knew about that like he knew about tony's parents um and he knew about isaiah bradley and he didn't even tell steve about that um either so yeah I i thought that that was really interesting and um 
you know, there was a there was an Easter egg in there uh, for other comic book fans who know that you know the gr- the grandson oh, of the grandson. Isaiah yeah. Bradley uh, does he is a young Avenger in the comics known as the Patriot, and um, we get introduced to him in the show as you know uh, the caretaker for his grandfather, and it's a it's played by an actor that is you know i could say is probably a no name actor um in with respect yeah. to his own work but just you know we don't know who he is or who he's playing so i think that that's really <clears throat> interesting because with the young avengers they're going to be so prominent that right. we, that i i figured that they would be played by people who um who are more prominent actors or who have a better or a more extensive acting resume um but that might not be the case. They may be introducing us to brand new talent uh, during during this time. So I'm excited to kind of see how that unfolds. It does seem like they're setting up for the future Young Avengers. I mean, even with Cassie, um, Ant Man's daughter, and then we have uh, Hawkeye. Haley yeah, Haley Seinfeld is yeah, with Kate Bishop. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then we have the the sons, you know, or the twins. Uh, Speed and Wiccan with WandaVision. So that them coming out and there's a couple other young Avengers in the young Avengers uh, pantheon, I guess um, that may get introduced. And I don't think they're going to do it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't think that they're going to do it in a sense of like where it'll be the exact same amount of members as the regular Avengers. Like when we were first introduced to them, I think that they're going to just like introduce as many as possible. Like we're going to have Miss Marvel, you know, we're going to have the Patriot, we're going to have uh, Wiccan and speed and Kate Bishop. And there's probably going to be more, um, you know, even rumors of a miles Morales eventually coming into the MCU. You know, if Peter Parker can lead this group, at, cause he was an Avenger himself. Like there there's, there's a lot of open, openness to where this is going to go and I'm, I'm really excited that they're kind of throwing in these people so early yeah so one of the next things i wanted to talk about is the power broker was mentioned i i hear i, I know a little bit about the power broker but not too much um they were mentioned when the flag smashers were transporting what seemed to be like a vaccine or mm-hmm. some type of medical equipment I don't know what they're going to do with that or where they're taking it to. But during that scene, when they're trying to get everything on the plane, they one of them's like, oh, man, the power broker's coming, you know. And from what I read is that the power broker is the one who gave them the power. So it's a little weird that they're running away from the dude who gave them powers, you know, like who mm-hmm. whose orders are they under? Mm-hmm. Is it just what they want to do mm-hmm. or is it somebody else's agenda? I don't know if, if one of yeah. you guys can touch a little bit on the power broker. No, I, th- I think it's really interesting because the power broker is, is that he's kind of like the, the he's the broker. I mean, he's kind of like the collector, but for, uh, for our planet, you know what I mean? Like he's able to distribute powers. He's very anonymous and powers aren't necessarily um, given uh, to like only his people. He's like giving them out. Um, how he's giving them out in the MCU, we have no idea, but they usually have some sort of side effect or some sort of, you know, um, uh, caveat to it, something that you have to give up or something or something like that. So seeing that they are afraid of the power broker kind of makes it a little interesting because they probably joined in 
wanting to be powerful, wanting to get some sort of power. They got it, were tasked with doing things that they may have not believed in and have like defected into their own group of trying to, you know, do their own form of justice or what they feel is right. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if people in the Flag Smashers crew end up turning good or their sense of good. You know, they may not join Bucky and Falcon, but they may help in the grand scheme of things as like yeah. the true villain gets revealed. Right. Um, you know, wh- wherever that is, we still don't really know who the true villain is. We're led to believe that it's the Flag Smashers, but we don't know the Flag Smashers, um, uh, what their goal is, which may be to get back uh, at the the Power Broker, which is someone Mm -hmm. who's in the shadows. We don't know if the Power Broker will be revealed to be someone that we already know or someone new. Um, I think it's super, I think it's super interesting, like where all of the threads are. You know, they yeah. haven't interwoven or interlocked yet, but um, we have a lot of moving parts. Yeah. So, so yeah, from there we go on to uh, Zemo, another supposed villain. You know, that was the advertised villain throughout all the trailers and and all the promos. Who's getting his like comic that. book accurate outfit. Yeah. For those that don't remember, Zemo is... The main antagonist in Civil CP3. War, right? Yep. <laughs> CP3. Is that what it is? No. no. That would be Captain Planet 3. But uh, <laughs> C- I love Captain C3. Planet. Yeah. Isn't C3. CW3 uh, Cap- or CA3, whichever one you want to do. I mean, well, it's not Civil War 3 either. So, yeah. So, it's just Captain America. Captain America? Just, yeah. So, in Civil War, Zemo was the main antagonist. Um so, which is crazy too, because obviously they're getting Zemo involved because Zemo knew of where the other super soldiers were hidden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we don't know if these are those people that were already there, or if these people got their source of power from these mm-hmm. other ones. You know what I mean? So hopefully Zemo has the true. answers. He he knows he knows something, right? Obviously, yeah. That's why Sam was so exactly, and Sam's hesitant. But there's really nowhere else to go because obviously the government don't mess with them, right? Yeah. The government wants no 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 part of what Bucky or Sam have to do. Um, or they pretty much just going rogue once again, um, yeah. taking matters into their own hands, which is, you know, everybody's mo in the MCU. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's difficult because Shield isn't technically around. Um. Anymore, Shield was Hydra at a certain point. That was like the whole premise of Winter Soldier. Um, so there isn't really a higher like person to trust. You know, like Sam is beholden to being a contractor for the government and hoping that he's just doing these military missions correctly um, and to the best of his ability. And there aren't any other people aside from War Machine. You know, Don Cheadle that he can kind of talk to about these things. Um, and Don Cheadle's kind of by the book. So even if he brought it up to him, he'd probably suggest not um, not releasing Zemo. So they're probably going to have yeah. to do some sort of vigilante work, yeah. some sort of you know thing to break Zemo out. And will that be worth it? Will Zemo turn on them? Uh, you know, we're going to see. I, I was watching um, a, telev- a new television spot, and it does seem like Zemo is helping them 
but to what extent and yeah like if he will turn on him is unknown most likely yes he will try to well he's gonna ask for something he's gonna ask for something in return yeah i mean one thing we don't know is if he was blipped or not you know so the knowledge that he has could be greater than what sam and bucky have because both of them were snapped and don't know what was going on and he lived through it so as far as we know he can know the origins of the flag smashers because obviously they're all people that weren't blipped yeah that's true and for sure. all we know, like he probably could have escaped if he wasn't blipped for a while. And then mm-hmm. um, when everybody came back from the blip, he was probably captured again. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, he could even be the leader of the, la- the Flag Smashers. But that's just a little theory, you know. Um, we yeah. never know. I and think it's it, really interesting with mm-hmm. that because now that you're talking about being blipped, um, all of the shows that we're seeing are of people who have been blipped already. You know, um, I think the first show that we're going to see of someone who's been around the entire time is Hawkeye and potentially She-Hulk when the Hulk is in there as well. But mostly mm-hmm. the Hawkeye show because Loki, it's a different Loki. So we'll be dealing with time. But like Hawkeye was here ever since, you know, the, the blip happened and he became Ronan, obviously, and then turned back into Hawkeye and Endgame. Um, so depending on where and when Hawkeye takes place, I think we're going to get, uh, a much grander view from a hero's perspective of what happened and what, uh, you know, what was just going on during those five years. Yeah. Yeah. And this show seems like, uh, it's going to be the show to do that. Uh, obviously we're on earth and obviously there's no wizards there's no androids there's no aliens but there are sorcerers and sorcerers wear hats oh yeah wizards aren't real sorcerers or whatever whatever oh he said a sorcerer is a wizard without a hat oh yeah you're right my bad thanks for correcting me he did say he made that up on the spot but yeah (laughs) he's like but Um, it makes sense though right which is accurate yeah uh one thing that i wanted to ask you guys uh out of both episodes what is your guys' favorite scene so far? Mm. Yeah, because there's a lot, a lot of good things a lot yeah. happening so like simultaneously. You know, after the second watch, you finally like, oh, okay, like you, you're more, you, you realize what's happening. Yeah, it's, it's not just punching you in the face like every right. Time the next there's a lot of good dialogue in the show. There are a lot of good dialogue, there and is. especially with all the Easter eggs that are just very thrown in casually mm-hmm. um honestly though right now my favorite scene is probably the dialogue between sam bucky and uh u.s agent and Battlestar. yeah oh, oh yeah Battlestar. yeah the lamar hoskins i'm gonna yeah. need a little bit more than lamar hoskins out of a guy yeah. jumping out of a swat helicopter <laughs> i mean that was that was just such a great scene of them yeah, like, that was the probably my favorite chief also um, I think the before that, and it, and it was great. Like, it's very important. Like what, what John Walker said and what Falcon said after he's like, you know, it's always that last line. And I think that that is, there's a group of people who mean well, but still don't necessarily hit it on the head. They, they still miss the mark. Yeah. And I think that, um, addressing those people and the reaction that that kind of holds 
um, is really, really important because I think that there's a lot more of those people in our world currently with everything that's going on. There's a lot right. of people that are well-intentioned, but they just miss the mark, you know, because they're learning too. And we're learning also, you know, it's just kind of, kind of what, what happens. So Falcon kind of pointing that out, I thought was great. Um, I love the scene, uh, the Isaiah Bradley scene. I think that whole thing was great. And then the scene right after with the cops, yeah. Um, the scene leading oh up. Oh my god! I just forgot like, about that until now. That shit's crazy. You know, with Falcon saying like, "Oh, like, what do you mean I'm Black Falcon? Like, I'm just Falcon." You right. know, does that mean well, that you're my Black? Dad kid? told me to call you Black Falcon. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's just kind of like Falcon is trying to say like, "Don't like, don't box me in with with just being Black Falcon. I'm just Falcon because the the moniker doesn't mean just me." You know, and right. I think that's kind of what he learned from Steve is that even though this Captain America, the shield isn't just like that's why his speech was saying that, yeah. you know, there needs the shield is nothing without the men and women that are behind it. Mm-hmm. So I think Falcon kind of wants that as well. And then that scene going into the reveal of, uh, you know, the the reality of what the government has done to black people. Um, even if they've yeah. served, you know, and then going into the very present day of the harassment from the cops and being asked um, for his ID and having to have a, a famous face in order to get out of a situation. And then even like with Bucky, he was he he didn't really get it. He thought that Isaiah was talking about people like him in ref- in reference to Hydra but it was people like him in reference to his skin color. And I think that that kind of went over Bucky's head, but Falcon got that right away. And so I'm super excited. Those are my favorite scenes um, with the show. It just really showed me the depth. And then I also like the flashback of, of Bucky because like he was, he he was murking them, but I thought that it was that I'm really, really excited for the scene of Falcon talking with Isaiah. I know that that's going to come. Yeah. It's going to come. And I, I'm really excited to see that kind of play out. Yeah. One thing I wanted to mention is it kind of seems like, yeah, John Walker wants Bucky and Sam as his sidekicks. But at the same time, it seems like he's trying to keep them in check. I think he's scared that if if Bucky and Falcon capture the bad guys, Captain America is going to be seen as not the the main superhero. So I think the U.S. is trying to get in front of this whole thing that it's got to be Captain America to capture this mm-hmm. villain. Mm-hmm. You know, GRC, that's that's who he's working for, is trying to get in front of it before mm-hmm. Falcon and Bucky ultimately do what um, we, we think they're going to do, capture yeah. the bad guy. Yeah. But, also with yeah. that, I think that he has a pressure of of not really convinced himself that he's Captain America. Mm-hmm. I think that everybody is looking for that approval or that validation. Falcon felt like he never had it, even though that he got it directly from Steve. Right. So he's dealing with that. Bucky feels like that he was kind of like, he doesn't believe it in himself because he's working through all of these things. And then you have John Walker who has this mantle to live up to that. He's like, if I had, Bucky and Falcon on my team and they treated me like Cap, I would feel like Cap. And he's like, 
and I feel bad for Battlestar with that because Battlestar is kind of like, bro, I'm here. And he, it's probably going to get to a point where they potentially get into it because it's like, you know, I'm not enough to validate you anymore. And he's like, I I need this. I hate that Lamar Hoskins is just like, I'm Battlestar. Like, did you give (laughs) yourself that name? I'm Battlestar. Yeah. I was like, that's, I mean, because like I think we talked about that before, how superheroes don't usually call themselves by their superhero name; they just mm-hmm. go by the regular name. But mm-hmm. right. that was kind of funny. But yeah. um, I think that mostly wraps things up for episode one and two. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I wanted to mention is uh, rest in peace, Red Wing. Um, hopefully, we get you oh, back. Oh man! Oh, don't yeah, we, why we need we need a new Red Wing, man, new and improved. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, I like that little character. Hopefully, we do get more of Red mm-hmm. Wing and um, see what goes on. But thank you again, guys, for tuning into this quick dive. We will be covering three and four shortly as soon as those episodes come out. But in the meantime, um, if you haven't seen WandaVision, which is kind of weird that you haven't, go watch it. Go back to the other quick dives. We talk about things. Mm-hmm. That can probably help you out and guide you through the show if you like that. Or go We're tune, the best. Tune back into just our regular Soundflick podcast where we talk about movies and, and shows here and there as well. Mm-hmm. And if you want to start a podcast, uh hit up Productive Culture at hey. productiveculture.com backslash podcasts. Hey. Yeah. There you go. I thought the thing was I thought it was gonna pop up on the screen. I was gonna, I was gonna read it from there. Oh, he can't do it. But, but yeah, thank you again. Um, and yeah, follow us on Soundflick Podcast, Instagram, Twitter. Support us on Patreon. Yes, Peace. we got some good stuff for on Patreon. Peace out, yeah. y'all.